Good morning. Today is Monday, April 11, 2022. I want to share with you the substance of an essay by Joe Wolfson, which is an incredible insight that I think all of us can take to heart. And I think that it needs a few days to be absorbed. And so hopefully between now and Pesach, we will be able to absorb this message. The Passover Seder revolves around questions. And for many parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and older friends, children's questions are moments to be cherished of cuteness, of nachas, that our children have learned and they're asking these questions. But the truth is that the questions that children ask us really serve to nudge adults into asking ourselves questions of deep significance and meaning. And the this aspect of mostly unconscious or unacknowledged of children inspiring parents through their questions, it's true all year round, but it reaches its pinnacle at the Seder night. For those of us who are fortunate enough to have children at our Seder, children are the center of the Seder. The Torah tells us that when your child shall ask you, Mazos, what does this mean? And you will say to him the story of Pesach. The Rambam, Maimonides, makes this clear that based on the Mishnah and the Talmud, that we are supposed to have a number of changes on our table to the normal routine. We have a Seder plate. We do things differently. And the reasons that we do things differently at the Pesach Seder, in order that children will notice and ask, Manishtana, why is tonight different? And in response to those questions, why is tonight different? That's how we tell the story. Even if a person does not have a child at the table, then another adult asks the questions. And even if a person is all alone, a person asks the questions of themselves. But questions are essential in order to eliciting the story of Pesach. So encouraging questions is the opportunity to give the adults who hear the questions, even if I'm hearing my own questions, the opportunity to give the listeners, the sense of the great story and the great history of which they are a part. That is our normal understanding of how questions and answers work in the Seder, and it is certainly true. But there is a deeper level to this, and that is that children are not simply the intended recipients of the messages we are to share with them in response to their questions. They themselves, 
who are asking the questions, perhaps even without realizing it, they are also the educators of the Pesach story. Children play a critical role in allowing the adults present to ask themselves profound questions to unlock the deeper meaning of the exodus from Egypt for ourselves, for the adults who are present. It is the adults who are learning just as much from the questions asked by the children as the children learn from receiving the answers from the adults. Let me share with you an example of how this works. This is a profound example that is given by this author in order to convey this idea. And he discusses an Israeli musician, Erez Lev Ari, well-known Israeli musician. And he was once interviewed in the paper. And he was once asked, do you ever feel that you were watched over by God? It's a great question. I don't know if anywhere else besides Israel, a popular musician would be asked this question, but this is the question he was asked. And he said, Eretz Lev Ari said, absolutely. He said, I genuinely know that I am watched over by God. And I even have examples. Now listen to the example that he gives. He says, two years ago, my son, Nehorai, that's his son's name. We were sitting together in his room and we were playing in the game. We were playing a game. And in the middle of the game, he just asked me out of nowhere, tell me, Abba, do you love me? So... I said to him, what do you mean do I love you? I love you more than I love myself. So then his young son, Nehorai, asked him, but do you even love yourself? Now, this little child did not have the awareness of studying the words of Rav Nachman of Bratzlav, philosophical works based on the Pasuk V'ahavta L'Reach Kamocha. But somehow, something spoke through this child as if one, God, wanted this adult to confront this question. Do I really love myself? And it's a very deep question. And it's not an easy question. And it's a question that every adult needs to confront. Not only to be able to love others, but for so many aspects of our lives, do we love ourselves? And so what this musician said was, listen, if you're waiting for the Holy One, blessed be He, to descend in his glory and ask you a question like a prophet 
you've got chutzpah. That's not going to happen. But if you make some space in your life and you hear something from a child who's asking you a question, then you're able to hear God speak through a different channel. But do you love yourself? It may be a simple question for a child to ask, but it's a deeply provocative question for an adult who may spend much time and devote much energy to not asking him or herself this uncomfortable but very necessary question. It may have been the child who had the question, but it was the adult who needed to hear it. And the truth is, many of us as adults have perfected the art of not asking important questions of ourselves. And the night of the Seder is perhaps the one night of the year whose aim is to bring us, the adults, into a more childlike state of curiosity by hearing the questions that children ask us. And the clue to this is the one personality that is in some ways at the heart of the Seder, Eliyahu Navi, Elijah the prophet. Eliyahu Navi is a very surprising personality to invoke, to fill such a prominent role at the Seder because there is nothing in Elio's life that has anything directly to do with the Pesach story. And yet, Eliyahu figures more prominently in the Haggadah than Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, who actually effected the exodus from Egypt is not even mentioned by name. But Eliyahu Hanavi, we specifically refer to, we invite, we discuss, and a clue to perhaps why Eliyahu Navi has such an important role in the Seder comes from the very important narrative that we know about Eliyahu from the Sefer Malachi in the Book of Kings in chapter 18. And that famous story is during the reign of Ahav, who was the king of the northern part of Israel, and many of the Jews in the northern part of Israel were following idol worship and the priests of Baal. And the people question whether they should follow the traditional religion of the Torah or maybe they should follow these new idols of Baal, these new foreign idolatries. Or maybe they can have it both ways. Maybe they could serve both. Eliyahu summons the priests of Baal to a showdown at Harakarmel, Mount Carmel, just south of Haifa, in order for once 
and for all time to definitively have the people confront who is the true God, the God who created heaven and earth. And you remember the great miracle that occurs in which Elio shows to the people that it is God and God alone who is the true God. But you remember in this narrative, before he approaches and addresses the priests of Baal and proves God's truth, he turns to the people themselves who have gathered this great crowd of Jews who have gathered to watch this spectacle. And he asks them the following question. How long will you keep jumping between the two opinions? How long will you keep hopping between believing in God and serving idols? If God is God, follow God and do not follow Baal. But you'll notice the people do not answer anything to that question. The people do not have an answer because that's exactly what they are doing. They are poskim between the two seifim. They're going back and forth. They're acting inconsistently. They assert a belief in God, but they're also worshiping the priests of Baal. In the Talmud, we have a tradition that when there is a question that we're not able to answer, we say the phrase teku. Teku means we're not able to decide this question. Sometime in the future, perhaps we will be able to answer this question. But the words literally mean teku, tishbi yitaretz kushios vabayas. When Elioa Navi comes, when the prophet Elijah comes to announce the imminent coming of Mashiach, that's when he will answer all of our questions. A Leo will answer all of our difficulties and all of our questions. But what if there is no question? There's a fascinating passage in the Talmud. Now, it's a little bit technical. I'm going to simplify it just a bit, but here's the point of what the Talmud says. The Talmud is discussing a certain question in Jewish law and a second question in Jewish law. And the great scholar in the Talmud, in the Talmud Rav, says as follows. If Eliyahu were to come and to tell us that the answer to question A is so-and-so, we would listen to him. But if a Leo were come to say, would come to say that the practice in situation B is not the way you're practicing, but it is different, we would not listen to him because the law is already established. We don't have a question about that. Listen carefully to what Rav is saying. Rav is saying that there are two sorts of issues and we might add there are two sorts of people. There are those who are open to questions 
and there are those who are not open to questions. There are questions that are unresolved for which we need an answer. And then there are issues which in our minds are settled. We're not looking for an answer. We're not asking those questions. There are those people who feel curiosity and doubt about life's questions, who feel curiosity and doubt about their choices in life. And then there are those who are confident they have all the answers. They don't have any questions. The Jews at Mount Carmel were torn. They were filled with doubt over whether serving the one God who created heaven and earth is correct or whether the priests of Baal, the idolatry, were correct. Now, for all their faults and their shortcomings, they had a question. And Eliyahu, in this showdown, forced them to confront that question. But if a person has no doubts, if a person has no questions, there's no need for a question. And if that would have been the case, presumably the appearance of Eliyoha Navi in all of his fiery glory and the dramatic, magnificent miracle that he performed would have been to no effect. It would have had made no difference in the people because they weren't asking. The challenge of the Seder night for us as adults who are asking these questions to children, the challenge is for us to move from being people without questions to being those with questions. Children teach us to ask questions. And it is children who ask questions who opened the door to Elio Anavi, helping us investigate and find the answers. And perhaps it is Elio Hanavi, the prophet Elijah, and his particular message that contains a different suggestion about why Pesach is called Pesach. Yes, Pesach means skipping. Referring to God skipping over the homes of the Jews and afflicting only the homes of the Egyptians. But it also refers to Elio Hanavi. When Elio confronts the people at Mar Har Carmel and he says to them, Ad Masai Atem Poskim. Skipping the same word Pesach. How will you how long will you keep skipping back and forth, hopping back and forth, asking this question of yourself, which is correct, the belief in God or the belief in idolatry? This skipping, this oscillating, this wavering, it's not only God who skips over the houses of the Jews in Egypt. It's also in our nature to skip, to hop, to oscillate, to waver between choices. And it's Elioa Navi that forces us 
to confront the question we may wish to ignore because of how uncomfortable it may be for us. There's one person in the Haggadah who does not know how to ask a question. One person for whom, following the Talmudic description that we just mentioned, the arrival of Elio would have no impact. One of the four sons, one of the four children, She'ena Yodea Lishol, the child, the one who does not know how to ask. The one who does not know how to ask is not looking for an answer. That person is, for whatever reason, satisfied with what they know. Many of us are used to the idea and we see it illustrated in, in Haggados. And maybe this is the way we tell the story at the Seder night. That this person, the person who does not know how to ask, it's a small child. In contrast to the older children who've had time become wise or not wise, but they have questions to ask. But perhaps this representation is not accurate. Perhaps this does not accord with reality because you may notice, and I certainly notice, even the smallest children are excellent at asking questions. In fact, very often children are better at asking questions than any adults. Rav Eliakam Krumbein suggests that the She'ena Yodea Lishol, the one who does not know how to ask, is in fact the adult who is present, who believes they have everything worked out, who believes they don't have any questions that need to be addressed. And therefore, the greatest educational effort of the Haggadah is directed toward the one who does not know how to ask in order to say, at psachlo, you should initiate for that person. The limitation of this one is not that he does not know how to ask. It is that he is not willing to admit that there is something that he needs to ask, that there is something that is incomprehensible, that he is not certain about. And very often it is precisely the most intellectually gifted among us who are likely to suffer from this deficiency, believing that we know everything, that we have the answers, that we don't need to confront uncomfortable questions. The one who does not know how to ask is the adult who believes that he or she knows it all, has everything figured out, and there's no need for questions. The inability to ask is related to the question of insecurity and discomfort and having to investigate that which I like to go on blithely believing has already been settled. Because to formulate a question 
means that I might not have everything so sorted out as I would like to think. The Seder night encourages children to ask questions so that they can discover through our answers the depth and the power and the meaning of the story of our ancestors' slavery and liberation and what it means for us today. That is absolutely true. But perhaps it's also true that just as powerful as the role that children play in shaking adults from their complacency to be able to think to ourselves what questions we have to ask ourselves. Unbeknownst to these children asking questions, it's also the educators, the adults at the Seder, who are teaching ourselves the forgotten how to ask and the importance of the questions that we adults should consider. We must elicit questions from our children and our grandchildren and other young people at the Seder. Yes. But we must also learn from them how to ask our own questions. To be dissatisfied with our own superficial understanding. Only then will Manishtana have achieved its full purpose. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.